Are you ready to level up the podcast for leaders, entrepreneurs, and business with your hosts, Jose Medina and Crystal Garcia? It's time to level up. She take my money when I'm in need. Yes, yeah, it's a trifling friend indeed. Oh, she's a gold digger. Way over time. Hello again, and welcome to the next episode of Level Up, the podcast that focuses on leadership, self-improvement, and continued growth throughout your everyday lives. I'm Jose, your host, and I am joined by my co-host and the CEO of All-American Lumping, LLC, one of the fastest-growing national 3PL logistics and freight handling companies in the U.S., Crystal Garcia. Good afternoon, everybody. So last week, we discussed defining success, um, how we define success for ourselves, what that looks like for us as individuals. And we also touched on failure and what that looks like as well, because you can't have one without the other. Today, we're going to sh- we're going to show you how you can be a gold digger. No, not a gold digger, but a gold digger, G-O-A-L. So first things first, what the hell is a gold digger? <laughs> so a blogger named, and I don't even know how you say this. I think it's Nefi. Nafi Nefi. Nafi or Nefi. Anyways, um, a blogger said a gold digger is someone who is ambitious and clear of the things they want. Gold diggers have dreams, goals, and aspirations for independence, success, and their version of happiness. They dig in and do the work to become the person they strive to be. Being a gold digger is all mindset. It's the basic of setting goals for your life and doing what it takes to achieve them. Whether they are goals set in your education, your career, your personal life, or some other area, You're setting goals for whatever it is you desire that will define success to you. Tackling obstacles and burdens that may get in your way, being determined, persevering, sometimes a little suffering with blood, sweat, and tears. A gold digger never stops working towards their goals. What have you done to get better today? I haven't done much today to get better. I take that back. I have done a lot. Two things kind of stand out in that article they kind of resonate with me and with, you know, some of our other podcasts that we've had. Is the first that you didn't know till yesterday that a gold digger existed? Well, <laughs> yeah, you're just going to bust <laughs> me out like that, and that's fine. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I never heard the term gold digger, and so that was kind of a new, a little bit of a new concept for me. But in looking at the definition and trying to figure out what is a gold digger, I found that, you know, that that's, it actually resonates But the two things that I was going to say that kind of touched on in that article are two things that we discussed in some of the other podcasts that we've done. The first one is where you kind of said uh, gold diggers have dreams, goals, and aspirations for independent success and their version of happiness, which I think kind of speaks to your why and your values, which we covered in other podcasts as well. And then you went on to say goals for whatever it is you desire that will define success to you. And last week we talked about defining success. And and so that really ties in with several of the podcasts that we've had. It speaks to, you know, how your why, your values, and how you define success all kind of play into setting your goals. You know what I'm saying? So it's funny that all four of the podcasts that we've that we've had in these last four weeks kind of all tie together and they all kind of link in one way or another in terms of pushing you towards being successful. So, Right. I like that you pointed out 
your version because just like with success and what your version of success looks like, you know, obviously your goals are going to be different from somebody else's goals and it doesn't make them wrong or right. So, no, absolutely. I agree. So goals provide you with direction, purpose, and motivation. Um, They're your destination and your mental GPS that allows you to see where you want to go in life um, or in business. Uh, Without goals, you're just aimlessly moving through life. Business is just one sale after another without any true purpose. This can be frustrating if you're trying to achieve something specific. This typically ends in frustration, disappointment, and in severe cases, it ends in depression. Have you ever tried to achieve something without having a specific goal in mind? Yeah, and I'll say... The most common one is, you know, every year when we make New Year's resolutions, Yeah, of course, everybody knows what the number one New Year's resolution is. And it's the one that most people don't stick to. And that's, I'm going to get in shape this year. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what happens is, you know, some people stick it out for about four weeks. You know, a large number of people will fall off and then eight weeks. And then by 12 weeks, your people who actually set some concrete goals are still standing. So... That's one of the ones that I've kind of um, gone after. And the funny thing is I know better where I'll say, you know, I'm going to get in shape this time um, or I'm going to get to this goal, body fat, and I don't make a plan. And I've done it before when I've made a plan. And the result, obviously, is a complete, you know, 180 difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know in 2015, you know, we both went into 2015 with a goal of getting in shape. We established um, very specific goals, and one of those goals was to compete in a bodybuilding competition. And we did things that were in alignment with that goal. We went out and got a personal trainer. We went out and got a good gym membership. We got a meal plan. And then we came up with a schedule that we committed to. And then we ended up competing. We dropped our body fat to the low teens. But um, it really spoke to the difference between setting a goal that is specific, that has substance to it, and then just saying, man, this year I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose five to 10 pounds. You know, you want me to tell you what happens when you don't have, when you don't have a goal strategy? What's that? Instead of going from fat to fit, you go from fit to fat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the wrong direction. (laughs) You don't, you don't need a goal strategy for that. (laughs) You just do. (laughs) That's a very good point that you bring up. And I know that, you know, outside of that, that experience, there's been times when I've established goals. Like, for example, I say, I want to save money. I want to be a better saver this year. At the end of the year, I look back and I'm like, man, I haven't saved as much as I wanted to. And even when I when I set something like, let's say, for example, I say, I want to save $10,000 this year. And at the end of the year, I don't have that $10,000. It's because I went into it without a plan. Even though I had a goal, I didn't have a plan. I didn't say I want to save 10000 by this date. There's a lot of things that go into that where I've learned over time that the more structured that goal is, the more likely you are to attain that goal and and to achieve what you set out for yourself. A critical criteria for being a gold digger is that a gold digger sets very, very specific goals. The more specific, the better. A vague or a wishy-washy goal is nothing more than a desire. A lot of people have heard about SMART goals, SMART being specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. Goals that meet those requirements have a tendency to be more realistic goals, more achievable goals. Have you ever used the SMART principle when when following your goals? I have. And definitely fitness is actually one of the areas where that is highly effective. Yeah. um, Because 
you know, you're very specific about 30 days, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this workout, I'm going to do this diet plan. And then that next 30 days, I'm going to change it up, I'm going to do this diet and this workout program. And it's definitely highly effective. And that's actually a very good example that a lot of people can relate to because when you go into it just saying, yeah, I'm going to do a little something, something, you know, Monday through Friday, and I'm just going to eat healthy. Um, Well, what exactly is eating healthy? And you could eat healthy and still eat more calories than, you know, what you're supposed to. Sure. So, so would you say if you were setting a smart goal for like, let's say getting in shape, if living more healthier or losing body fat is your goal, a specific goal using the SMART acronym would be to say, I want to work out three times a week and decrease my body fat by 3%. Um, and in that process, lose 10 pounds or whatever right. by a specific time. That's that's realistic. If you're 250 pounds, you wouldn't say I want to lose 50 pounds in a month because obviously that's not a healthy uh, weight loss in a in a month. You'd want to say I want to lose you know two to three pounds a week, so I want to lose you know 16 pounds in a month, maybe 50 pounds in a year, something like that. Right. Another way to look at it is through the pure format. P is for positive. U is for under your control. R is for right size, and E is for ecological. And this one's a new one for me. I never heard of of the term pure when setting goals, but positive is um, really putting a positive spin on your goal. So instead of saying, I want to lose weight, I want to uh, live a healthier lifestyle. The U for under control um, is make sure that you can control all the steps in the process so you wouldn't create a goal that was not under your control or that you didn't have direct influence on. would be an example of under your control? you know, with your finances. So, you know, you can't say if you make, let's just say you make, you know, $2,000 every month, you can't say I'm going to save 4,000 (laughs) because you only make 2,000. Right. right? That's a good example. That's definitely not in your control. (laughs) Yeah. One of the things that I personally like to do is I like to write my goals down. Mm -hmm. I was doing this previously, but I had done research on goal setting. Harvard had actually done, um, well, they did a study. What? So Harvard did a study. <laughs> no <laughs> uh, way. <laughs> and it was published in Forbes magazine. And basically what they did was they wanted to see what the percentage of graduates were for their MBA program in those who wrote down their goals and those who did not. What they found was 3% of the graduates from their MBA who had their goals written down ended up earning 10 times as much as the 97% put together just 10 years after graduating. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty pretty profound. And so when I when I read that, I thought, you know, you wonder and and there's other research too that talks about the percentages as far as writing, setting milestones, reaching milestones, how it, it you know produces that good feeling and makes you want to, you know, reach more milestones, so it actually helps. But it's so profound because you think about the fact that when you just say something like, I want to save money, okay, five bucks, you know, you want to right. save money on lunch every day, like, what does that mean? So writing it down allows for you to map it out. Like if you're taking a trip and you're saying, this is how I'm going to get there and this is the food I'm going to take and you get to do that with your goal. So you say, you use the smart strategy and you say, you know what, I'm going to save $5,000 this year. 
every quarter and I'm going to do a check-in 30 days before and I'm going to do it by doing these things, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And always remembering to put that time element in there because if you just say, in 2020, I'm going to lose weight. <laughs> right. Give yourself some milestones and give yourself rewards for those milestones, especially if it's something physical and kind of getting off topic. But that's one of those areas where when physically you're doing very well, emotionally you're going to do well, and it's going to transfer into your personal and professional life as well. Getting back to um, to the acronym of PURE, we talked about under under your control. There's the right size. And what does that mean to you, Crystal? Have, making sure your goal is right sized. Just like how we said before, you know, you can't say I'm going to save $4,000 if you're only making $2,000 a month. So right size as in, you know, like being realistic, sure. you know, um, still believing that you can do it and setting and setting great challenging goals, but not ones that are outside your, you know, your element of control. Right. So, so like if, you, if you're not a runner, you wouldn't say, hey, this week I want to run a marathon. Well, you might, but you'll figure out on day one, <laughs> maybe day two or yeah. day three, because you know sometimes it takes a couple of days. But you'll figure out real quick that that's not attainable if you've if that's not something you're used to. Sure. The last letter in the acronym of Pure is E for ecological. How will your outcome impact others positively or or negatively? Uh, will this outcome have any unintended consequences, either negative or positive? So basically, how your goal is going to impact those around you, your environment, and the, the people that are in your circle. And, you know, and that's a really good one for the elements of wellness because your, you know, ecological falls under that environment factor. And so if finances, so if you're, if you're wanting to save, but then in your process of saving, let's say that you're, maybe you decided, you know what, I'm not going to buy some expensive dishes. I'm just going to use, you know, let's say that you say you're going to use disposable plates but you're going through so many that you're creating all this garbage, all this waste. Right. You know, that could be harmful to the environment, let's say. So definitely a good one to keep in mind when when setting goals. Yeah, for sure. How do you set your goals, Crystal? When do you set your goals? How do you review your goals and to make sure you're in alignment with achieving your goals? Like, what does that look like? I'm going to tell you, I actually changed things up this year. So one thing I did this year was I got this pretty incredible journal. Yeah. Um, what it had you do is it had you look at the year, kind of do like a year in review and look at your past year to look at the things you did great, the things you didn't do so great, things that you wish, you know, that if you could have changed them, you would have. And maybe what some of those hiccups in your in your journey were that previous year and changing how I do my goals. That was important because it allowed for you to look at mistakes that you've already made that previous year to ensure that you've created a plan for your goals that mitigates those. Sure. So what I do is I sit down and I'll, I'll just use one as an example. Um, let's say finances. I'll sit down and I'll say, okay, what is it that I'm trying to achieve? Let's say I want to save $5,000 every quarter. Um, how can I achieve that? So let's see how much money I make every quarter and what that would look like. In order for me to do that, I have to set aside this amount of money. I'll write that down. I'm going to set aside this amount of money every month or every pay period. So very specific. And then, of course, I'll attach a date to it because if you say end of year, that's not, it's not specific enough and it doesn't create milestones to ensure that you make it to your destination. 
And one of the things, if you think of it like a road trip, I like to think of it like a road trip because it's a good visual for how you arrive at your final destination. So if I'm going on a trip and I know it's going to be cold, I'm probably going to take stuff to keep me warm, right? Right. Well, when you're setting your goals, you have to remember that life's going to happen. You have to remember that in order for you to get from point A to point B, you have to figure out how you're going to get there. And do you want to arrive quickly? Do you want to arrive slowly? And that's all part of being specific in your goals. So I definitely write them down and I do a check-in. So I check in to see if if I'm going off course and why am I eating out too much? And so it's it's not allowing for me to save that additional money that I wanted to save. Sure. Am I just not caring? Um, you know, I recently met with a fellow you know, business owner, also podcaster as well, Sage and Soul. I think I was having a conversation with Sage. She kind of expressed to me that one of their goals as a business was to generate $20,000 in sales next year. Uh, that was kind of their goal. Uh, and that can be such a big number, especially when you're first starting off. You know, you're just getting your online market uh, going and whatnot. Uh, and you look at $20,000 in a year and... If you wait too late in the year, you can miss the opportunity to make that. And so, so you know, took that number and we divided it by 52, right? And so we said, okay, based on achieving this, this $20,000 goal for the year, this is how much money you need to make every week. And by measuring that on a weekly basis, it's a much easier number. I think it came out to like 70 or $75, something like that. But basically, they would have to make $70 a week in sales in order to be able to hit that goal of 20000 Breaking it down to something that's that's understandable and manageable and something that you can kind of see and go, oh, yeah, I can definitely make $70 a week. That's not hard to do. As opposed to looking at something that's astronomical and saying, man, 20000 how are we going to do that? Uh, sometimes it can be a little intimidating and it, it can kind of put you off if you haven't taken steps to break that down into smaller increments. Additionally, it gives you an opportunity to identify when you're in alignment with that goal and you're you're working towards it and you're getting it. Or when you're off the course, because you can easily do the math and say, okay, we're into this six months. We're not at $10,000 right now. We need to put more effort into our sales in order to drive our sales higher to be able to hit our target of 20K for the year. And if you're um, hitting your target, then you can reassess your end state and say, man, we're already at $20,000 in six months. Right. Maybe we need to change our goal and set that at a higher, you know, at a higher level. Maybe we should have aimed for 40K. So those those pit stops, like you were saying, like on the road trip, those are your your gas stops. When you're stopping for gas, you're stopping for your snacks, and you're kind of checking out your car, you're washing your window, like, you know, that's your, um, what we call in the military, an azimuth check. Am I on course? Am I where I'm supposed to be at? Is everything okay? You know, if every time you stop, you're like spending an hour to sit down and eat, to, you know, lounge around, to walk around, you know, it's going to take you longer to get to your goal. Sure, absolutely. So that's another reason that writing it down isn't, you know, very important. Oh, absolutely. Now, what what about in business? Or were you going to ask a question? Um, Yeah, I was going to ask you if you had ever set a timeline for a goal, either, you know, you didn't set a good timeline or and why and what you learned from that process. Sure. So, um, for example, when I was uh, pursuing my, my MBA, uh, I didn't set a timeline. And so I knew my, my goal was to get my master's degree. And I knew I wanted to get my master's degree before I, I left the military. So that was like that, that was a goal of mine um, when I was in the military and I knew I was, gonna, I was planning on retiring. 
but I didn't do anything specific to achieve that. And I also allowed distractions to stop me from going, you know, taking classes. So I would get distracted with different projects and different things that we were doing. And so, you know, pursuing that degree stretched out way longer than I had planned for. I ended up retiring from the military and still being like two or three classes short um, because I didn't set a, a good timeline to be able to achieve that goal. But I learned through that process that if you want to achieve something, you have to take it in incremental pieces. Like you have to say, okay, in order to achieve this by this date, these are the things that I have to do and I have to be consistent with those things in order to achieve that goal. Do you write those things down or are you just... Yes, I'm definitely I, I'm definitely a person who believes in writing down your goals, kind of in line with, with what you kind of discussed earlier in the Harvard Business Review. Um, research shows that um, you're 42% more likely to achieve your goals if they've been written down. A big reason for that is because you're able to write down what you want to accomplish and to be more specific with it. You're not just going to write down, I want to buy a house. You're going to say, well, I want to buy a house in this type of neighborhood. I want it to have four bedrooms. I want it to have marble floors. I want to have a pool. You know what I'm saying? Like You're going to really take the time to to say what you want and what you need. And I want it by this date. Uh, and the, here are the things, here are the, the the one through eight things that I plan on doing to be able to accomplish that, that I've set out for myself. I'm going to save money for a down payment. I'm going to work on my credit score, get my credit score up. I'm going to scout neighborhoods where I want to live. I'm going to make sure the schools in that neighborhood are good schools for my kids. Like those are the things you're going to do in order right. to accomplish that goal. That's good stuff. What are some of the ways that you write down? Like, what are some of the methods that you've used? I do business differently than I do my personal life because I think goals for business are more financially focused. The way that I attack goals at business are going to be different than I do for my personal life, but they don't have to be. Right. They're, they're just different for me. What I like to do in terms of setting goals is I like to align my goals with my values. Um, so, for example, at the beginning of the year, I will establish my like the top five values that I believe are important to me. Within each one of those values, I will establish a goal for each one of those. You know, my, my number one value is family. So I'm going to have two to three goals that are specific to that value. For example, this year I want to visit my son in Houston in uh, February. That'll be a goal that I write down. Financial independence is a value for me. That's something that I value. I'll create two to three financial goals that are very specific, kind of outlined, whether it's savings, whether it's debt reduction, whether it's paying off a bill, whatever whatever it is, it'll be aligned to that value. And so what I'll have is I'll have this document that has my top five values for the year and the individual goals under each one of those values. And I put this into a journal. Um, but as I'm going through the year, I mark them off as I accomplish them. And every month I go back and I review to see how much have I accomplished based off what I've set. So if I have five values and each one of them has three three objectives, so I have 15 goals to achieve this year, all in different aspects of my life that I want to focus on. As I'm closing out a month and planning my next month, I'm thinking, what off of my list do I want to accomplish right. this month? What can I afford to accomplish? Um, what needs to wait? Where, where can I focus my energy on, basically? That's good stuff. And I take it one level higher because I also set a theme for the year. And this is something that Crystal and I have done for a while where we'll look at the year and we'll say, this year is going to be our health and wealth year. Everything that we do is going to be focused on health and wealth. 
We had one year where we focused on friends and family. We just really wanted to be social, be around our families, spend time with our families. Last year, um, we were focused on showing up. We wanted to be present. We wanted to be able to show up to events like um, the birth of my grandchild, a birthday party, a wedding. Like We wanted to be able to show up. And so that was our theme for the year. And we'll be establishing a theme for this year as well. My values will be aligned with that theme and pursuing the objectives that are aligned with that theme. And the reason why I like doing it that way is because you're able to hold each other accountable whenever you're making a decision. So for example, let's say I want to I wanna go out and I want to buy a brand new car, but our theme this year is health and wealth. Well, you're going to say, well, that's not really aligned with our theme that we set out this year, our theme is health and wealth. We're going to accumulate wealth. We're not going to spend money on, you know, frivolous things. We're going to, you know, we're going to save this year and we're going to buy the things that are necessary that we need, not things that we want. And that's an easier conversation to have when you're in a relationship with someone and you guys are pursuing different things, you know, through, right. you know throughout the year. So, Have you ever failed to achieve a goal you set? And um, why did you fail? And what did you learn from that failure? I failed to achieve a lot of goals. <laughs> you know, I think Shame. we all do, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and I think the reason why we fail is just because we failed to plan. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we failed to plan. Like you just asked me that question. I'm thinking about a goal that I set. And the reality is I didn't set the goal. I just made a wish. Yeah. I wish I had more uh, money. I wish I had a better <laughs> job. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a, it's a desire. It's not a goal until you've written it down you've been specific with it, you've created a plan, and you set a timeline to achieve it. It's not a goal until you do that. And so the times that I have failed to achieve what I've wanted, it's because I have not established a goal. I think using wish as an analogy was pretty... Yeah, like it's that. a wish, right? Yeah, yeah it's like, I, I, I wish I I wish yeah. I had a better job. Yeah. <laughs> wish I was famous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of times where, you know, I've thought, you know, I wish I was making more money. But I'm not sitting there and I'm not I'm not coming up with a plan or a strategy on how to move from one position to another position. You know what I'm saying? And if you're not doing that, then you're just wishing. You're, you're yeah. not gonna you're not gonna move forward. You're not gonna accomplish what your objectives are. You're not gonna reach your goals because you haven't actually set any goals. You know, there's a um, there's a quote from uh, Darren Hardy, and Darren Darren Hardy is the one who um, he is the the designer of the journal that Crystal was talking about, my best year ever journal, which is, I had the same journal. It's a phenomenal tool to use for setting goals. He and didn't have the same journal. He just liked mine when he saw it. And, and I, could, I couldn't be the only one with the phenomenal journal, guys. I, to, be trans, to be transparent, I had a I had a crappy journal, <laughs> and I saw Crystal's journal. And I liked it, so I ordered it and got it. But um, the, it is a phenomenal journal, and it's a great tool to use in setting goals. You know, definitely uh, recommend that that journal. But Darren Hardy says, if you are not making the progress that you would like to make and are capable of making, it is simply because your goals are not clearly defined. And I think that kind of speaks to the conversation that we're having and what we're talking about and the fact that until you've established a goal and been very specific about it and how you're going to achieve that goal, it's just a wish. It's, it's not really a goal yet. As we bring the infamous 2020 year to a close in just a matter of weeks, uh, many of you will begin setting the same old New Year's resolutions that you always set. You know those uh, resolutions, uh, lose weight, <laughs> save money, you want to travel more. We've all done it. 
We've all done that. Be nicer. Yeah. <laughs> this year, I challenge you to do a, a few things differently. And, uh, and I encourage you to take out your, uh, your pen and paper and write this down or type it into a, um, a note app if you, if you don't have any pen and paper. This year, set a simple theme for your year. This is something that Crystal and I do. And Crystal can talk about, you know, some of the themes that we've set for this year. This year, our theme is going to be health and wealth. Last year, it was show up and be present in honor of one of Crystal's very close friends that passed. Crystal, you can kind of talk a little bit about why last year was the year for us to, you know, show up and be present and why we themed our year last year that that theme. First, I want to know why you always try to ask me questions that you think are going to make me emotional. (laughs) (laughs) No, so so showing up um, was in honor of my best friend who committed suicide. And the reason for that is because, and I and I wish I actually had what I what I wrote for her uh, memorial service. She was the first person who took me under her wing and taught me about being strong, and taught me about being better than average, being a gold digger. That definitely was her. She was always on the go. And as much as she was on the go, she, so she was a paramedic. She taught EMT students for um, Ball State University. She volunteered her time at the military base to do different things. She did domestic violence rides. But the thing that I admired most about her was that despite what was happening in her life and despite all the things she was already doing, she was always there. She was there for my daughter's birth. She was there when my son almost died. She was there when I got promoted and I gave her very little notice. She was there when I re-enlisted in the military. She always showed up. So after her passing, when I thought about how I best could honor her, it was to show up. So that's why we made that theme for that year was to show up. So to be present, to be present with friends and family, to, you know, to make that time. Cause sometimes we get so caught up in life that we, we don't do that. So. Right. And in that process, we made a lot of decisions that were tied to traveling to see family, being there for important events for our families. And we participated in um, Raquel's wedding, my grandson's birth. And, and we really kind of um, really made that year, the year that, if something was going on with friends and our families, we showed up and we tried to support it as much as we could. Your theme can be whatever you want it to be. It can be one or two things that are most important uh, for you that you plan on focusing on for the year. Uh, use this theme to align your decisions throughout the year. Regularly discuss your theme with your power circle, you know, your couple, your, your group of friends, whoever's important to you. Discuss it with your power circle and hold each other accountable when you're not acting in alignment with that theme. Um, that will help you with the accountability of that. And, you know, I'm going to tell you, the reason that the theme is so powerful is because it's centered on your why. Absolutely. So your why for that year. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're establishing your, your, your goals, it should definitely be tied to your theme. Step two, set smart and specific goals that align with your why and your values. So kind of like I talked about when you're when you're setting your objectives, don't just throw out some random objectives out there that don't mean anything to you, because if it doesn't mean anything to you, you're going to ignore them. You're not going to do them. They're not important enough for you to really focus on. Really dig deep, identify the things that are of value to you 
and assign objectives that are tied to that value. If hard work is important to you and that's a value, then you should create an objective that has to do with hard work. And I'll give you an example. My why is family, like we talk about, and everyone who's heard the last several podcasts know my top value is family. My why is also family. So, you know, that, that aligns. And this year, it's health and wealth is my, is my theme for this year. And one of my goals is to visit my son in Texas in February. Uh, we're going to be in Houston. He lives in Corpus Christi. My goal is to go out there and, and, and visit him. I've never visited him. I've never been to his house. And uh, I've never met his dog. So exciting. Yeah, it's super <laughs> exciting. It's super exciting. And, you know, that's, that's one of my goals. Your goals don't have to be revolutionary. They don't have to change the world. They just have to be aligned with what's important to you. Step three, write your theme and your goals for this year down. Write them down. Whether you write them in a journal, you write them on a piece of paper, you write it in a note app like OneNote on Microsoft. If you're able to, I recommend purchasing the Living Your Best Year Ever journal. It was designed by Darren Hardy. Uh, You can purchase it on Amazon for about $35. The link is provided below. It will definitely, definitely help you fine-tune your goal-setting process and allow you to become a gold digger. Just writing it down on paper in a notebook or an app um, or even sending yourself an email with your goals outlined will give you a greater chance of accomplishing that goal. So definitely make that a priority this year. Crystal, what are your goals for this year? I And, and I try to pick ones from each dimension of wellness. Um, and if you're curious what those are, I encourage you to go check out Sage and Soul. But I always pick one from each dimension. For me, makes me a better person, makes me on me. But one of my my major goals is to get in shape, and I want to get down to a certain body fat percentage. So I'd like to to stick around somewhere between sixteen and eighteen percent body fat. That's one of my major goals this year, as far as the physical realm goes. And what's really good is that it aligns with our health and wealth. You know what I'm saying? So absolutely, absolutely. And then finances—that's the other big one, obviously in alignment as well with our our theme for this year. Um, We did really well this last year in comparison to previous years, and I want to continue with that. You know, I want to sure. I want to continue in that in that direction. There's so much that we're able to do. You know, I like being able to create opportunities for others, and that is a way that we're able to do that. So. So how, how, how do you do, uh, you know, you, you touched a little bit on how you're, how you're planning on setting your, your personal goals for 2021. Um, how are you looking at your business um, in terms of All-American Lumping and how you're planning the, your, your goals for the business? So what we do is we develop a balanced scorecard every year, and that's what we use to, one, to look and see if, if what we're looking at aligns with our values, and, um, and then two, to look and see what makes the most sense and what we can tackle for the year and how, how we want to approach that. It's definitely a good way to, to take a look at, you know, where you're at, where you want to go and how you're going to get there for sure. Absolutely. And that's something that I've also used in business. And for business, I like using the balance scorecard as well, because it gives you the ability to establish very specific goals. The balance scorecard gives you the opportunity to set uh, your measurements of how you're going to measure those goals. Like, for example, if our business goal is to increase our revenue by $4 million, it allows you to come up with a strategy of how that's going to be measured. And then it allows you to measure that either monthly, quarterly, however you, you want to measure that right. uh, to make sure that you're achieving that. 
And it also gives you the opportunity to create initiatives that are tied to that specific goal. So for example, if, if your goal is to generate $4 million in sales, then you can have multiple initiatives that are driving that particular goal. So one initiative may be to add two new uh, business accounts. Another one can be to create a new stream of revenue uh, through doing something like a podcast or uh, maybe another service that you're currently not providing. And then all of these feed into the overall goal of you know, generating $4 million of sales. Uh, what's really good about it is that it ties to the values of the business. And sometimes you realize that the values of the business are different than what's important to the business at the time. And that forces you to kind of reassess your values based on what is important to the business and how you're going to be making decisions as you as you move forward. Obviously, the values of a big corporation, you know, that's making billions of dollars is going to be a lot different than a, a new launch business that's just getting off the ground. There's going to be different priorities, different, you know, different objectives based on the different levels of business that they're at and how they're kind of growing Having a balanced scorecard gives you the opportunity to look at your values, look at your mission statement and, your, and your, your vision, and make sure that all of those align in terms of what you're getting ready to do for the next year. And so I definitely encourage you, if you've never heard of the balanced scorecard, if you never used it to design you know, business goals, definitely look that up. You can, you can research it online. You can find it online. Um, I'll attach a link that educates our listeners to the balanced scorecard. And what's really clever about the balance scorecard is that you can then break that down and assign MBOs to your leaders to be able to help you achieve those objectives. In a business, you know, no one person makes it happen. It, it takes a team to actually be successful. And so with the balance scorecard, you're able to take the goals and then allocate those tasks to leaders to be able to help you execute your, your mission and your objective. So definitely something that you might want to take a look at if you haven't been exposed to that. Crystal, you want to, You have anything else you want to share? Thank you for sharing your personal story of why last year was our, our show up year. We definitely helped keep us grounded in our uh, what we made important for last year. Definitely uh, something that we're going to continue doing um, is establishing a theme for the year. I encourage everybody to, to whatever way works for you to write things down, whether that's through journaling or, you know, drawing pictures, doing a vision board. There's actually some really good phone apps that you can get. There's one called vision board and you can actually attach pictures and some words as something that you can look at every day to remind you what it is that you're chasing, you know, what, what you're digging at this year to keep a constant reminder. So, and, you know, maybe you use more than one, maybe you're somebody who likes to write things down and also visually see them every day. I actually have a pretty remarkable story that I'm going to tell you. So I have two sisters and my two sisters, and I know this is the end of this podcast, but I'm going to tell this story anyways. <laughs> my two sisters were getting some Powerball tickets together. One of my sisters, it was funny, she came and stayed with us for a little while in California. And she was telling me she had handed me this stack of stuff. And it was all the stuff that she had had posted near her bed. I said, what is this? And she said, "Those that was my vision every day that I looked at of you know, what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be, all of those things. And guess what one of those things was? Getting a lot of money. So guess what? She won Powerball. <laughs> and I admit I was hating just a little bit because I was like, that, <laughs> how much less likely that does that make me that I'm going to win Powerball? 
<laughs> no, um, I was definitely very happy for. But the powerful thing in that is is that you know you you manifest things into your life when you when you put them out there when you claim it. So take it out of the wish land and put it into the into the visible into the attainable by writing it down and claiming it. Yep, absolutely, and definitely the law of attraction is real. So. If you're if you're thinking about it and you're you're constantly concentrating on on what you want to achieve, it'll come to you. That's uh, just the way that it works. Think about it. What you what you think, you say, you do. You do. Uh. Now I ain't saying she. Uh.